Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Cringe with a K, where K is for K-dramas. My name is Ivy and today we have a special guest, my mother Angela. Hello. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great and I am so happy to be here uh, to assist you with your podcast. Uh, I think it is so interesting that you have picked uh, one of the things that we shared about seven years ago. I introduced you to your first Korean drama, which happens to be the show that we are uh, overviewing today. Um, And I am so happy that you have picked the word cringe to describe your podcast. Because when I introduce you to this particular show, I absolutely knew that was going to be your reaction. You are so much like me mm-hmm. that I knew that that would draw you in. The fact, the cringe factor to these shows are is something that you love and just eat up. Uh, and it, you know, the first time we watched it and even the second time overviewing it for the podcast, mm-hmm. I definitely got those same vibes and I completely hip- high fives to you for picking the name of this podcast because this totally sums up your obsession with k-dramas yes and it's, it's something about cringy content that you just like you like are on the edge of your seat squeezing your hands because you want it to stop <laughs> because it's 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 so bad but you love it at the same time it's those guilty pleasures uh and this was definitely a guilty pleasure uh and it's definitely taking that second look at it I can definitely pick out exactly why I feel so guilty watching these shows Uh, especially this show um (laughs) there's definitely uh, some areas that I definitely want to go over yeah definitely some interesting points that we can go over on this one I uh, yeah just a lot (laughs) I and the uh series we're actually going to be overviewing today is Playful Kiss. Playful Kiss was adapted from a Japanese manga titled Mischievous Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, it has several adaptations throughout the years, some uh, from other Asian countries like China and Taiwan. Uh, but this one was actually adapt- uh, adapted uh, for a 2010 series run beginning in September of uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. And it ran for 16 episodes. And if um, some people don't realize that there was actually seven additional episodes that were run on YouTube. They were web series. That was an extension of the show. We won't be talking about those today. We're going to leave that as a separate uh, from this uh, original, this additional showing on um Korean television, South Korean television. Uh, They are interesting and I definitely encourage anyone who is inspired to watch this show uh, for the first time or even for a second time. If you haven't seen the additional episodes, seek them out on YouTube. I'm sure they are definitely still around. Um, But um, it is a um, show that um, is basically a um, opposites attract story. So you have... um, Ohani, she is, for lack of a better word, she is ditzy. She's not the highest achiever in school, uh, but she is so sweet. And then her love interest in the show is 
Bex and Joe. I do want to pronounce these correctly, and I do apologize if I'm not pronouncing them. Uh, I know my Korean throughout this uh, past um, this podcast is probably going to be flawed, so bear with me. Yes, disclaimer: we are not fluent <laughs> whatsoever. But um, the, he is the exact opposite of her. He is very high achieving. He is extremely smart, extremely talented, athletic. Um, he's very handsome, though. Ohani is a very pretty girl, absolutely. Um, this kid would be what any parent would want. <laughs> and they're, they're not even only opposites in the way of intelligence. He's he's not as, as you would see in the show, offhand, like, he's like sweet. He's often like standoffish and and can be considered rude. Absolutely. So while Ohani is very kind, very sweet, very giving uh, with her friends and with her family mm -hmm. and with outsiders, um, her love interest, uh, Bex Onjo, is very standoffish, very arrogant, mm -hmm. uh, very mean-spirited and sometimes. Um, and that comes across um, to a viewer like me as being very problematic. Yes. However, it definitely makes for entertaining uh, television. Yeah, actually, after watching the first episode, like the first scene, they start in like this fairy tale world with unicorns and everything's bright and green. And, and watching that at first, in my head, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to, you know, if it's going to be a good show, if it's going to be all fantasy. I like more reality. Uh, but then it leads into, you know, reality where, you know, she's waking up from her daydream that she's been having about her crush, Bex and Joe. And you learn throughout the episode that she actually gave a letter to Bex and Joe and put it in his locker. And her friends knew about it at the time. And he hadn't yet spoke to her about the letter that he received. And she, you know, she was talking to her friends and was like, you know, he hasn't said anything. And I wonder if he, you know, looked at it. Has he looked at it? And her friends are like yelling in the cafeteria her name, like, oh, honey, oh, honey, to get his attention. And and he finally, you know, comes down and is like, oh, are you oh, honey? And then he hands her the, a letter. And you're like, oh, did he read it? You know, what's going on? And. And then he hands it to her, she opens it, and there's a grade on it. A D minus, like, he graded her love letter. She opened her heart to him, and he graded it. Like, that was the most wildest thing I have ever seen on TV. I'm like, I have never seen somebody so bold. Like, that's, that's hurtful. Like, I, I, I don't know, it was crazy. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. And unlike you, I found that first opening sequence with all the uh, the bright colors, that forest of pinks and greens and um, rich red colors, I found it very uh, engrossing. And that's one of the reasons why I continued to watch. Um, I think one of the things that kind of interested me uh, with that opening sequence is that it was unlike anything that I was getting at that time in um, television found here in the U.S. Um, this was 2010, um, so mm -hmm. television was inundated with 
mostly, and I could be over-exaggerating this, but a lot of reality television. I am not the person that likes reality television. I am definitely a fiction girl. uh, And I, as an adult, um, and this was seven years ago, so I was much younger than I am today, I still liked uh, television uh, that may be geared toward like a high school age. I was definitely into Veronica Mars. I liked um, Vampire Diaries. I liked Pretty Little Liars. These were all very interesting shows. The issue with these shows are they are very dark and very, very draining. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess at that time I was looking for something a little bit more uplifting. So that opening sequence with the bright colors, uh, the, the cheerful music, definitely hooked me. I'm like, okay, something light <laughs> than what I was receiving from American television at this time. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I could probably compare this to, and it probably wouldn't even be comparable, would be Ugly Betty, which was also out at this time. Yeah. Ugly Betty is definitely lighter uh, than uh, the other television shows that I mentioned before. Um, but we go on to that second scene, uh, where she has, as you've already talked about, had very memorable scene where she has um, realized that he has seen her letter and he has, in fact, marked up this heartfelt letter with a red correction pen, correcting her grammar, correcting her spelling, and then he's pr- pronounced a big D minus on this letter. I, for back of <laughs> lack of better words, felt that cringe and I knew exactly if nothing else that's where you were going to be hooked uh because where is this relationship going to go from here how do you recover from that and I've out of all the shows I've ever seen how I mean I've seen characters do some very grimy very uh mean-spirited things but this definitely took the cake it it wasn't even that it was the fact that after it was graded and the whole class seen it, everyone was looking at it and laughing at her. He stated that he hates stupid girls to her face in front of everyone. Absolutely. And I think this is probably uh, the first time, even though I continue to watch and I've definitely found the show entertaining, I took a pause as where exactly is this show going to go? Of course, you're expecting... Uh, like typical shows, there's going to be a l- lot of growth and development throughout the series. Um, this a good question of whether or not that does actually transpire throughout the show. I was hoping definitely for a, a growth and development for Hung, um, Ohani. Ohani. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, my biggest expectation was for Bok Sun Joe, for him to have some great growth after this very egregious, very deplorable. We just act. wanted him to learn how to love. Like exactly. <laughs> what was the issue? Exactly. <laughs> now this show's episodes are, you know, pretty lengthy. Um, they're an hour long. So by the end of this episode, you do learn that Bex and Joe and Ohani's uh, dads were actually best friends as children. And after Ohani's house, uh, collapsed in an earthquake they had to move in with Bex and Joe and his father and his mother and his younger brother. Now this show is primarily focused around uh, the love interests Ohani and Bex and Joe 
in the show, you really don't learn too much about the supporting characters. In American TV shows, you know, they they usually run for multiple seasons, so you have time to develop those supporting characters and, you know, learn their history as well as, you know, their life and why they are the way that they are. But at, in Korean dramas, they only run for a season long, so they tend to focus more on the central plot of the show. Now today I do want to touch on the highs and lows of this TV shows because there are some things that are quite problematic but also you know turned out great for the main characters in the end. With Ohani's mother actually passing when she was really young she grew up with only her father and when she moved in to Bex and Joe's house she actually gained a relationship with his mother who not gonna lie wanted her to be her daughter quite bad <laughs> uh you know she even created a room for her entirely pink with teddy bears and you know bought her new shoes and clothes and wanted her to feel at as much as home as you know as possible she wanted her to be her daughter with this un- unconditional love she displayed to her from their first meeting ohani actually you know looks up to her and builds a great relationship with her to the point where she you know she begins to call her mother now the the relationship with ohani and bex and joe's mother is not the only great relationship that is in the show there were great family and friend relationships that showed you know lots of love and heartwarming caring relationships I mean the relationship between both of the fathers they were best friends for years and and you know they had a great relationship they haven't even talked in like over I think 15 years and they got together and and rekindled their friendship I mean even Ohani and her father they had a great you know relationship he was very supporting of her and even with her crazy crush that she had on Bex and Joe. I absolutely agree with you. I do think that there are some great relationships in the show. Um, As you stated first, the relationship with um, Ohani and Bex and Joe's mother is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I love uh, the fact that uh, this young girl uh, was able to come into um, his mother's life and give her so much joy. The scenes with her mother and how excited she was from day one to have Ohani in, in the house uh, and all the little troublemaking <laughs> antics the mother got into uh, trying to keep Ohani in the house as a daughter, as a confidant um, is absolutely wonderful. Uh, and I wish we could have seen more of this throughout the show. Um, one of the my favorite relationships, it is a very, very small relationship and it doesn't necessarily get as much screen time as I think it deserved was the relationship between uh, Ohani's father and Bexon June's father. Mm-hmm. It seems I wish they would have given more backstory to their college days. Yeah. Uh, these men, I mean, you only see a couple of scenes where they're uh, interacting, but you get a good feeling that these guys were absolutely the best of friends. Mm-hmm. And both of these men seem like very great great gentlemen, which is definitely confusing because of 
a relationship that we're going to talk about later, which seems like it is very, um, very much a contradiction from the relationships that we see with the fathers or even the relationship with Ohani and Bexonju's mother. Yeah, these relationships were definitely a, a big highlight of the TV show, that they were very important to how the characters evolved throughout the show. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that overall, it are there's these relationships that had me uh, invested into the story uh, and made me feel good at the end of the series. It were these secondary relationships that made me uh, lighthearted and happy. Uh, not so much for the main central relationship. And I, I think we should definitely talk about that and why it was so problematic. Yeah, so yes, Sinjo and Ohani, they definitely are not what I think of as a traditional like TV relationship. I mean, he, he, he dogged on her a lot. I mean, he called her stupid and, and a dummy. And, and you later learn that that's the closest he would get to his love language at that point in time of the show. Uh, he didn't really know how to display his feelings. Absolutely. I, and I, I don't know if it was actually that he couldn't say that he loved her. I, he was really just a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if there was a villain in the show, it would be Beck Sunjo. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, <laughs> there were other characters that they probably trotted out to be like the antagonist against the relationship. But if anybody was uh, the antagonist it was the main love interest he was absolutely awful and it began from that first reality scene Mm -hmm. where he has graded her paper and it just piled on from there uh there was never any redemption to his character Mm -hmm. there was never any growth i definitely expected him to get a comeuppance never came neutral (laughs) definitely uh he he never he never got what was coming to him, and that was so unsatisfying in the end. Yeah, because I definitely love a good revenge plot in a TV show, and she did have her moments where she did come back at him. She uh, did. She wasn't at, as good as the comebacks as I wanted her to be. Like, I wanted her to, like, dog on him at some moments in time. Like, I'm like, he... He outed you to like the whole, <laughs> the absolutely, whole school. Yeah, absolutely. So those those instances where she was able to get back at him, they were not. It wasn't a good payoff for all the the misogyny. Uh, let's call it what it is. It was out and out misogyny that he was displaying against her uh, in that first opening scene. Not only did he humiliate her in front of the whole school um or or the the audience that was around them in the school but he called her stupid mm-hmm. he called her um illiterate Ill- illiterate and th- that is absolutely awful things to say to to any human being yeah and he he was definitely quite confusing because he had moments in time where you know again he would call her stupid and then behind closed doors he'd be like but you like me and you know you like me and and it's just you know trying to keep her reeled in and and make sure she knows that he has her you know absolutely uh it was definitely a control 
Um, you know, if I was going to psychoanalyze this, he was definitely a narcissist with control issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this was a situation that I seen in real life with one of my friends, I would tell her to run. As a matter of fact, I was actually yelling at the screen on the second <laughs> rewatch telling Ohani, run. run. This is not a good guy. Yeah. But, and I, I do have to admit there is always a part of you that's watching this that wants it to work out, even though you know he is a horrible, horrible choice for a mate. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, there are other options in the show, but she loved him so much that you wanted it to work out, you know? And then it didn't help that the music was also, you know, like cheering him on after he did something bad and he's like trying to be a nice, you know, quote unquote, sweet guy. Um, but it, it just didn't display how I I needed it to. Exactly. Um, and let's talk about, she does have some other potential love interests in the story. Um, yeah, Ohani definitely had a not so secret admirer of her own, uh, Bong Jong-gu. Uh, he did bring her food to school. He serenaded her and, you know, displayed his love whenever he could. I mean, he even stood up for her when Bex and Joe out at her in front of the whole school and told him to apologize. Um, Bong Jong-gu was definitely, you know, a nice guy, you know, usually one of those situations where you go for the bad guy, not the good guy <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, and I, I, I do kind of lament the fact that Bong Joong-gu was not played up as more of, of, of a match for her because he was definitely very honest with his affections toward Ohani. Uh, like you said, he brought her gifts. He was there to stick up for her. Anytime her honor was slighted, uh, he definitely attempted to stick up for her with uh, Bak Song uh, Jo several times throughout the series and you wanted to root him on but Ohani was just not feeling him um now of course uh Bong Jong-gu uh, was not the uh, high achiever that uh Bok Song-jo is uh he was uh, in the school he was probably uh on the lower uh, part of the um academic scale <laughs> with um you know his romantic rival being at the top so um on paper he probably was not the best candidate for uh <clears throat> our heroine's love interest but he was definitely more um kind yeah. <laughs> I mean just kind I mean when I you definitely have to watch this show just to get the the measure of how just how how rude <laughs> Box on Joe is it is it's definitely a, a wide uh, gap between the two the way they treated oh honey yeah because if, if we're going to talk about matters of the heart between the two um in this love triangle, uh, Jonggu, he, you know, again, showed his affection quite, you know, adamantly and, and made sure she knew that she was loved. As in, you know, Bex and Joe, he ignored her at times. You know, he 
I'm going to jump in here and kind of backtrack on something I said earlier because I do think that there is some room to say that neither one of these were probably ideal for Ohani. So we have Bok Sun-ju, Joe, I'm sorry, <laughs> who was completely rude. And then you have Bong Joon-gu, who in his way, because he was told uh, explicitly and by just the look on her face at times that his affections were not welcome. Mm-hmm. So in his relationship does have problems there. Yeah. But if <laughs> they had allowed, the script had allowed it, uh, they could have explored the fact that he was definitely a much more affectionate, earnest character and love interest than the ultimate love interest in this story yeah and 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 later in the season they do have the opportunity to go on a date and you know ohani does try it because she's like look this you know this man has been in love with me since high school um i might as well you know get it you know the old college try you know see test the water see if it's gonna work and and she ends up you know she loved the date but as a friend as a friend yeah she she you know the love you know i hate to say it just wasn't there for him that's true so true and i do want to go ahead and touch back on the subject of bex and joe you know from the beginning he does give her ultimatums you know the the first one is to increase her studying habits as well as increase her grades and um you know, by the end of the series, you're he's giving her another ultimatum, you know, which, you know, in turn would first display that he's doing it for her benefit. But this can definitely be interpreted as manipulation as well. Yeah, I do think that um, he he does seem like he is motivating her. And it seems like this is a Um, a push for growth for Ohani. Uh, And there are some questions whether or not she did achieve any growth throughout this series. Um, There's no doubt that, you know, he did push her uh, and she is definitely, uh, her character has a lot of perseverance and a lot of drive. She does not give up easily. Uh, But I think that was inherent in her. That wasn't anything that he inspired in her. That was just who she was. She was um, a very... Um, inspirational person you know yes she was ditzy yes she um, initially she wasn't at the top of her class but she was um, a genuinely good character Um, I would have liked to see her personal growth to be in opposition to his um, his meanness his harshness that's where I would have liked to see the the growth in her um and that, and we talked about this earlier, uh, whether or not there was any growth with Ohani. What, what do you think? And I, I mean, I do believe that there was a little bit of growth with her. Um, you know, they were going through the high school years together into college, so you know, you know, you would expect some growth. Um, but I do feel like her as a person um, started to realize a couple of things for herself, even though they were a little bit driven by Bex and Joe. She, you know, she. did want to surround herself by him Um, but she did learn to be independent on her own and she did want to move out on her own and she also um, you know wanted to go to college but in in some way you know Bex and Joe 
was involved in that growth, which is is why I wouldn't say that it there was a tremendous amount of growth. That's why I, I believe that their relationship is, is actually quite toxic because for him, you know, he did, you know, after telling her he loved her, he told her that, you know, he loved the fact that she was different and showed him something different and, you know, challenged him. But I always felt like he was challenging her, you know? So she was constantly felt like she was, you know, had to be under a test with him and display her love to the point that she's not completely learning herself, I would say. I mean, I feel like she was improving herself for him, if that makes sense. Right, which is, uh, I didn't, and this is the feminist of me, I do think that there is problems with that. I think, mm-hmm. um, of course, <laughs> um, we're looking at, at the, the lens of a fictional story, of course. Uh, but to, to me, I think, that just wasn't enough. Uh, now, I will say this is a, a short uh, series. Had this been um, a long-term series that had multiple seasons, I think we definitely could have gotten more growth out of both of these characters. Absolutely with Ohani. I'd hopefully would box on Joe because I did not see any growth out of his character whatsoever. He began being manipulative and... Um, misogynistic uh, and then he ended on the very same note and and I I definitely you know recommend to you guys out there to watch this I believe that it is a good K-drama to start out with I mean again it is very light and you know you you know there's a lot of flicks and tricks that you know are in K-dramas that would shock you a little bit but it's I feel like it's a good easy follow Absolutely. It's definitely a good easy follow. And I am definitely, uh, even though I do find parts of it problematic, I was definitely thoroughly entertained with the show. And I absolutely recommend if you do, as I stated before, if you do watch this show uh, for the first time or for second running, definitely take a look out for those seven additional episodes because we may see something interesting out of Ohani or Boxon Joe in those additional seven episodes. I would definitely have to do a second <laughs> watching of those because I cannot remember what happened, uh, but definitely take a look out for those. And my, uh, thank you again for coming to the second episode of Cringe. Um, I'm glad that you were able to come. Return for an additional episode. If you need my opinion on K-drama, I am here for you. But definitely you are welcome back. Thank you guys again for coming back to listen to Cringe with a K. And, uh, you know, have a cringy day.